BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's podcast, we have part six of Talking Tacos. For those of you that have been following along, this is the adventure of Corey and his business partner, Matt Carfacus, opening up a Cabo Fish Taco restaurant here in Richmond. On today's episode, we'll bring Matt in in a little bit, but first, um, Corey and I are going to chat, and today's topic is all around culture. So, how's it going, Corey? It's going, Julie. How you doing? I am well. I am well. I'm, you know, got a lot going on, but I am good. So, um, how are things going with the restaurant? Uh, we are plugging along. We finally kind of got everything ro- uh, rolling again in terms of the build out. Like we have some people in there actually doing work, um, dealing with the same supply chain issues. Uh, we found a couple of employees um, to come work for us, which is exciting because we're actually you know starting to build out that that team. Um, and yeah, that's kind of where we are, but still. Still a couple months away from opening the doors. So I didn't realize the build-out was stalled. I'm sure if I didn't know, there's no way that our listeners knew. So what's going on there? Well, it was stalled in the sense that we were waiting on the designs to get finished. And then um, because we had so much uncertainty, we couldn't get electricians and plumbers and all of those people in there. So we, 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 we have like a final design and a final equipment list and a final everything that we can then pass on to all of the subcontractors so they can get in there and do their work. Excellent. So things are getting exciting. Yes. That doesn't sound very exciting. Who, me or (laughs) you? No, I, I said excellent. So things are getting exciting. There we go. I don't know how much more excitement you want in my voice. We're no, on a podcast per- here. Perfect. Julie. What is it you expect me to do? I don't know. That was perfect. The second time around was much better. I think they sounded exactly the same. We'll find out. We'll let the people decide. We'll let the people decide. But yeah, so that's that's great news. Um, so you've got some high. I know you've been working on hiring, um, starting with hiring, you know, key employees, your managers first. Yeah, that type of people. Um and yeah, we have um, front like yeah, some, like some some big players um, in the sense of people who are gonna uh, do a lot of like you know have a lot of the responsibility for the restaurant once mm-hmm. we get rolling. Like Matt and I are going to be very 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 hands on for the first mm-hmm. however many months. Those lucky employees. <laughs> um, but uh, the idea is that we want to start handing all of that stuff off to others, obviously, because we want to work. On the business, not in the business. So let's talk a little bit about, because you've been doing some interviewing. Um, how are you addressing culture in your interviews? It's it's really hard to say. So we've gone through, um, you know, we've, we've asked some of those questions that we um, 
kind of a, a practice. For example, when we were uh, talking about different types of interview questions, like how, like you can ask somebody like what they're going to do with X, Y, or Z. Um, and then there's also like, it's, it's one of those things, especially, I mean, cause restaurants are so like personal. Like once you kind of check all the boxes, it's like, is this person like, am I going to mesh well with this person type of thing? And it's not mesh well in that they think a hundred percent like me or, we're going to be the best of friends that they're going to compliment something that, um, that I do or don't do well. So for example, the person who's going to be, uh, running the front of the house, she loves doing admin paperwork, that type of stuff. Like being organized is very important to her. And so, you know, through the conversation, I was like, Oh, okay, well that's something that we definitely need. And that's going to be very helpful to us to be able to delegate that to her. Mm-hmm. you know, for that store, um, looking for people who aren't, um, aren't just looking for another job, people who want to grow with the company, looking for opportunities, people who have ideas, people who, um, respond to emails and actually show up to interviews. That's a key part mm-hmm. of getting a job. Yeah. So, but what I, I, I think what I'm hearing is that you're not really asking about culture in the interviews. We're not asking about culture, but it's like it's uh, having that conversation to know whether or not they would fit into the culture to say, okay, I don't like I think this person is going to work well with us. I don't think this person is going to work well with us. And it's it's I I, I don't know. It's one of those things where you you can't I mean, you can ask these questions, but then you can kind of get canned answers or you can just have a conversation with somebody talk about certain topics and just see, you know, like it's not, what would you do in this situation if you had X, Y, or Z? It's like, you know, let's walk through your management style. Like, you know, if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. What does that mean to you? Stuff like that, like Mm -hmm. those types of questions. Sure. Um, But could, I mean, could you not ask questions that are more along the lines of, um, you know, so, I mean, there's some very obvious and easy easy ones that are just sitting right there in terms of, like, what do you do for fun? Or what gets you excited about walking in the door at work? Or, you know, tell me about the, um, you know, what is it about you that most often surprises people? Things like that where you're, like, really thinking, you're asking them questions that are not, they're not really leading because there's no right or wrong answer but those answers lead you to know if they are or not somebody that would fit in well with your culture. It sounds like it sounds like maybe we didn't do a good enough job of setting up what some of those questions could be beforehand, but I also know I understand the job market is really slippery right now, so it's hard to when it comes to hiring, it's it's there's not a lot of people that are really looking for work, right? Most, they're still struggling to find people in serve in, well, in every industry, but certainly struggling to find people. So when you get somebody who's interested, you don't want to just let that opportunity pass by. But it's important that the people that you're hiring are going to fit into the culture that you want to build. Sure. But I, but what I'm saying is that you can find out that that information without asking those questions in just a normal conversation. For example, it's, you know, like, what do you like to do for fun or what's your plan or your long-term plan or whatever, and find out that I want to work as many hours as I can because this is my goal. And I'm, you know, like these are 
the things that are important to me, whatever it is, like without saying, you know, like, what do you do for fun on the weekends? Like, I mean, that's a question that we could ask, but that that type of information also comes out just in natural conversation. So there's no reason to ask it if you're just like talking about, uh, oh, you're you live in Blacksburg right now. You know, tell us about that. Why did you want to stick around for another six months instead of moving to Richmond to come work for us? That type of stuff. And in their answer, they give a lot of that information that you would get from asking other questions, if that makes sense. Sure. Okay. So I don't like what I'm saying is I don't have to ask the question if they're already readily just giving it up in the conversation Mm -hmm. is the point of what I was saying. Okay. Okay. That sounds, that's good. You're getting, so it sounds like what I'm hearing you say is that you guys are in fact hiring for culture fit, even though you're not actually asking questions, people are just readily giving up all the information that you would want to know. Not readily giving up all the information, but they are answering questions. Like we are asking questions and they are giving us information that is helpful too. We don't have to go through and check this box that this question was asked because the answer came out somewhere else. Yeah. In the conversation. Yeah. All right. Why don't we um, take a break? We will bring Matt in. And um, I don't even know what else we're going to talk about with culture because I feel like we just covered it all. We We might have to make up a new topic. Well, we'll see what happens then, I guess. All right. We've launched a whole new coaching program aimed at helping small business owners accelerate their revenue. This one-on-one, well, technically two, coaching is built around your schedule and your goals and will help keep you on track to make your business a success. There are no strings attached, no long commitments, and at $600 a month, it's priced perfectly for any small business owner. If you're struggling to find time to grow yourself and your business, or you want to find ways to improve your financial situation, Head on over to sbpace.com slash small-business-coaching to sign up. All right, welcome back to the show. Hey, Matt, thanks for joining us yet again. This is part six. Did you realize we've done five of these already? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Who would have thought we'd have that much stuff to talk about with tacos? That is, I mean, that's a little crazy. Right. But it's been good stuff with a lot of good topics to cover. And this really should give people an indication of just business in general when you're opening a business, how much there is to do. Um, And certainly with a restaurant, how much there is to cover. And especially in times like this where we've got challenges all over the place between, you know, supply chain, hiring and all of that type of stuff. Absolutely. And I think you know, we've, we've covered a lot of things, but we're just scratching the surface on everything you just said. It's just so much is going on in every aspect of opening a business. And like you said, especially a restaurant mm-hmm. and really good stuff, right? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, oh, we, you're looking, you are talking. Yes. I'm going to say one thing. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, it, it's mostly good stuff, but then we're also still dealing with a lot of the, just the BS that comes with it. Where like one of our that, like, I don't know if you saw that email from Jason today, Matt, but like we, we got delivered a, a cooler and this is probably like three, four weeks ago. And then mm-hmm. we got an email that said they have a recall on the cooler. And then they sent us this like list of instructions and we had to send pictures and we had to do all this, that, and the other. And I'm like, I didn't order a defective cooler. I ordered a functional cooler. You sent a defective one. You figure it out. But, but like, I'm, I, at, at some point, like our rep just had to jump in the conversation it was just like, yeah, they didn't do anything. Like they ordered a cooler and you sent a bad one. Fix it. 
Like you haven't even yeah. opened that cooler yet. Oh, correct? it's still on the pallet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's still on the pallet in the space. And Jason, um, I worked for Jason when, when I was with his company and, uh, he can definitely be a bulldog when needed. And, uh, that was definitely warranted, uh, today with the tone of his email. I mean, it hit it right on the head and Corey and I didn't have to put it like that. So I was happy with that response. I one time ordered some, a product from this small business owner and it's not that long ago. I ordered it and, um, they messed up the entire order. They sent me someone else's order. Right. And I was like, I sent him an email I, I think y'all messed up. This is what I ordered and I listed it out. This is what I got. Not the same thing. Not even close. They replied back and first off told me that I was nuts because they triple check every order that goes out the door. And I was like, your process is broke. And then they're like, you need to send us pictures of the packing slip and of all of the product. And you need to send us a picture of a, a copy of the email with the um, the confirmation email. Didn't they also accuse you of lying? Yeah, they called me. Out. They, <laughs> yeah. they said it was lying. They said that they get customers that lie to them all the time. And I was like, listen, this is $75 worth of edible protein cookie dough. I'm not lying to you. It's <laughs> not like I'm telling you your process is broke. And they're like, oh, we haven't had a mistake. This is my favorite part. We haven't had a mistake in 23 days. And I was like, all right, whatever. And then they re so once I sent them everything they asked for, and then also told them what a terrible customer experience it was for me, they sent me the correct order. It was still wrong and like a bunch of free shit. And in the end, at the end, their stuff didn't even taste that good. So I just was like, this sucks. But anyway, so I, I always find it interesting. It's like you messed up and I got to, I'm the one that has to prove it. Like that's, that's right. like F off. Okay. So let's talk about, let's talk about culture, right? So you guys have, there is clearly a Cabo culture, right? It's a little cult-like. It exists. People love Cabo. That is why this is such a great restaurant for y'all to be opening here in Richmond. A lot of people in Richmond know about it because they are, you know, they went to school in Blacksburg and people love Cabo Fish Taco. But your own, when you open it, you want to hire based on making sure people will actually fit the culture. But you don't really have a culture established yet unless, of course, you're just taking the culture from Cabo Blacksburg. Is that the plan? Like, what's the plan, guys? Well, that was going to be kind of my question or, or topic for this conversation. Um is we talk all the time that you can build culture through hiring, through you know defining it, building out that proper business foundation. But so much of a culture comes from the leadership team. That regardless of whatever you say, how awesome you are, uh, you know we promote happy people and all of that. Like if you suck as a leader, that's going to come through in your culture, and it's going to be reflected in your culture. So once we get the doors open, like our personalities, I think are going to kind of take over. Like we'll, we'll pull some of what Cabo is because there is that culture already established, but I think it's also going to be kind of an extension of ourselves. And then the tricky part is like, how do you, how do you actually do that? Because if it's just like, like I can't take my personality out of like, you know, and just hand it to people. It's just like, is that something that's just going to happen because 
people are working with me and they're like, oh, okay, this is what the culture is. Like in terms of like, you know, like, like obviously rules. We, you know, we're big on X, Y, or Z or the customer's always right or whatever. Like there's certain things, but like, the, like people are going to respond well to whatever that culture is, whether it's the, oh yeah, you know, we're just going to work hard and not complain or we're going to have some fun while we're doing it or we're going to spend time outside of it or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. like you can write all of these things down, but like that's not culture. That's just like, here's a bunch of words about like what our business does. Like it actually, like you have to lead that culture. Well, kind of, it's sort of twofold, right? So there's a couple of things that I, what that you said that I would tweak ever so slightly, right? So you're not, you're not hiring to build the culture. You're hiring for a culture fit and a fit of your core values, right? So ideally, when you're looking at an employee, they will be somebody who will exhibit your core, the core values of the company. The core values are a really good foundation and representation of what the culture is going to be. So you have a, a core value of work hard, play hard, or something like that. Correct. You have a core value of do the right thing. I think you mm-hmm. have. Well, give me, give me a couple more of them. Do you remember off the top of your head? You should know these by heart, Corey Harris. I can't. We had three. It was do the right thing, work hard, play hard, people first. People first. Okay. So you should be hiring people based off of those core values, right? So ideally, you're asking questions or having conversation that results in people kind of talking about how they exhibit those values. The culture, right? You're going to set that in the training. Um, I know initially there will be people excuse me, people that'll be going to Blacksburg or Charlotte or wherever for some training. But when you are doing your in-house training, you're going to, you're going to set the tone for that. Matt's going to set it in the kitchen. You're going to set it in the front of the house. And ideally the two of you are going to be in alignment that it's going to be, you know, that people first. So what does that mean? That means that, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that the customer is always right, but it definitely means the customer is always the customer. Right. And it, you know, going above and beyond, like when, when you see, I know this is a big one for you, Corey, when you are walking across the floor and you see a napkin or a salt shaker or something on the floor, bend down and pick it up, right? Those types of things, you're going to instill those in training. You're going to be like, look, we want you to have fun, but the most important thing is we want to make sure that the customers have a great experience. And that means that you're going to have to be friendly. You're going to have to laugh, like all those things, right? You're going to talk about those in training. You're going to remind people. Your your front of the house manager is going to remind people. It's going to come through in the back of the house with Matt where you're like, you, you know, as corny as it sounds, make the tacos with love, right? Like it, those types of things. And then your once your culture is set, your real job is to one, make sure you don't get any culture vultures in the door that are going to destroy it. And if they do, you got to get rid of them immediately and that you two don't start to work against the culture Then that none of your managers do. So if you think of, um, Corey, we had a client who the CEO of that company worked against the culture every single day. They said the culture was one thing. He did another thing and he just was destroying the company from the inside out. So culture is set. You got to watch it really closely at first. You got to make sure you're hiring people. There's nothing harder to change inside of a company intentionally than culture. So 
set the ship in the right direction. Don't even let it be a degree or two off. Zap it when it starts to, when you see people that are being out of alignment and then just let it build itself. And you two have to, you have to live it when you're inside of that building. And if you can't live it, then make sure that you're locked in a room where no one else is around you. And, but then that, that living the culture also extends to, uh, who we partner with, what we sound like on social media. Um, like the, just the concept in general, like everything, it's not Mm -hmm. just like making sure that we train people well. It's like, it's all encompassing because, because the, the, our customers take part in the culture as well. Like they are a part of the culture. Yeah. So yes, they are, but you can't, you can't dictate how your customers, you can't really just dictate your customers' actions or responses the way that you can your employees, right? I mean, yes and no. You can, you can definitely, through a numerous means, you can kind of guide the way that people will act within your business, even as your customers. There's a way to kind of condition them to, to act certain ways to kind of, you know, and it's, and, and it's not that uh, it, it, you know, I don't want them to do X, Y, or Z. It's that it, like when you come here, like this is kind of what you can expect. And this is, it's like the, the soup Nazi episode of uh, mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Like, you know, he dictated how the cult customers acted within his restaurant. Through fear. Sure. <laughs> right. We'll use a little fear. Uh, you won't use a little fear. I think you can prevent customers from, you can get very clear that it's not, you will not tolerate your customers treating your employees like crap. You cannot force your customers to be happy and have a good time. Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> you cannot. Yes, I understand that. Okay. So you can dictate it a little bit. Yeah, but also they could just by the fact of showing up at the restaurant get a little bit happier and a little bit nicer. And I know, be in but a better why, why are you arguing with me I'm about just, this? I'm just, I'm not arguing. Sure, they could, they could become happier, but it is not mandatory that they become happier to get a seat inside your restaurant. Very true, I agree with you. Okay. Matt, what do you think? You haven't, we haven't given you a chance to say anything today. I mean, I think we're going to adopt some of, I'm probably me a little bit more than Corey, some of the culture that was in Cabo Blacksburg because I worked there way more recently than Corey. But then I worked two corporate companies and Corey's worked at various places and of course started SB Pay. So we're going to be drawing on that and everything that I've been through to kind of um, evolve that Cabo culture. And I think one of the major things we've been doing, especially through hiring, has been great. Yeah, we hear that this person is amazing at work. My follow-up question when I'm hearing this is, what do you think of that person as a human, are they cool? Are they, are they good to get along with aside from what's at work? And I think the three major hires that we've made recently have fit that, have, have fit those views and what we're looking for and um, trying to get the people in that are, that are good humans and will do the right thing and put people first along with um, kind of nurture that fun atmosphere that you want to have in a restaurant because restaurants can be a lot of fun working in um i think that's where we were going with our past three hires our first three hires and i think we're hitting it right on the money with that to help develop our culture in that direction so what is the plan for making sure that 
now that you've made these hires for making sure they understand and maybe you maybe you covered this in the interview process i don't know we haven't we haven't had this conversation so what is the plan for making sure that your first three hires these these key employees because it's two managers and an assistant manager that have been hired correct what's the plan for making sure that they are aware of what the culture is and how important that culture is to the success of the restaurant and to both the two of you overall in terms of what you want to do inside that restaurant? We touched upon that in our interviews um, pretty well. And then when it gets down to um, in-house training or the training that's going to directly happen after we send whoever to Blacksburg or Charlotte or whatever we're doing, I think that through that process, we're going to reinforce like what the culture at other Cabos are like, and then what we're going for. So we're going to pull it from um, a couple different locations. And then, you know, after that training, we're going to sit down and be like, this is where we want to go. You saw this at this location. You saw that at that location. Let's combine those and then bring in some, bring in other aspects that Corey and I think that we should be touching on that they haven't um, really experienced yet. Corey, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think it just, it it all starts with that, that good onboarding experience. And that's something that for anybody who has worked in a restaurant, and I'm sure it's, uh, you know, the same across most companies, most businesses, like y- you set the tone for the business when it's just like uh, you have a, just a shitty onboarding experience. Like if, if you're kind of an afterthought, you're like, who, I'm, I'm supposed to start today. Where's so-and-so? Like, oh, they're not here. Um, here, just go talk to that person. I mean, I got like, <laughs> I'm sure uh, we've all kind of seen this in some way, shape or form, but like, I remember one restaurant where I was cooking, I got a job there and the guy uh, who I was replacing trained me, except he didn't know he was getting replaced. And <laughs> I was like, That's, ouch. Yeah. I was like, oof. Like after he got let go, I was like, that kind of sucks that they, they took this guy. That's really unethical. Had him train me and then fired him. Yeah. yeah. That, that had to be a good culture to work in. Oh yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. So that's okay. So that's great that you're um, thinking about it like that. And I, I agree that the onboarding experience is really, it's critical to me. It's, you know, it's one of the most critical pieces of, of the hiring process and of the, you know, building out, uh, out your business. You really, onboarding is, is so key for the success of an organization. I mean, you can build cultural stuff into that onboarding experience. So that's, that's good. So when you are, um, will you have other people be doing interviewing for the, you know, staff positions? And if yes, how will you guide them on handling cultural questions or assessment of talent? So the, the answer is yes. I mean, the, we, Matt and I don't, need to or want to make the final decision on everybody mm-hmm. but probably the core staff the the first group of hires that come through will probably at least one of us will be involved with somebody else who we've already hired so once they get a chance to get a little training get to understand the brand a little bit better get to understand Matt and myself and we can be very blunt about here's you know what we expect of this culture you know when it comes to 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 making sure that we're doing hiring the right people. I think that that's easy to do because it gives them guidelines, especially if they've never really had, if they've never had to interview or hire in that way to say, here's, you know, here's some things that you should look for in 
the interview. Or if you're stuck on what to ask, here are some questions. Okay. What percent of your staff do you think you'll end up, of total staff that you hire will end up having either been a regular or a, a customer of Cabo or already have been an employee of Cabo? I think that percentage is super low. You know, I think we got lucky with our kitchen manager from um, Blacksburg location. Um, but other than that, I don't really see us really, unless some, a couple servers I worked with that I know are in the Richmond area, if they're looking for a part-time job, sure. But I don't think uh, it's going to be low. It's going to be under 5% for sure. Yeah, there's there's a handful of people who who I've worked with as well who are here in the Richmond area and still in the restaurant industry. But outside of that, I don't. But also, I left 11. And also, a lot of them didn't work at Cabo. Yeah, but I just know them from the business. Yeah, but anybody who I might have worked with, that was 12 years ago. So there's a really good chance that Uh, they're out of the restaurant industry. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. And I think, you know, the the, the kitchen manager um, piece where he have been, he worked at the Blacksburg. Was he kitchen manager in Blacksburg or just... He was, he's the, he's the, uh, he's currently running the line at night. So he's the night manager. He's not the full kitchen manager, but he is running the line. He seems like a very well adjusted human and, um, got a ton of praise from, uh, management at, uh, at at the, at the Blacksburg location. That's awesome. And that makes your jobs so much easier because it's like you've got somebody who's already really understands the culture, understands the process, understands what it's like to be part of a Cabo team. So that is a huge benefit for you guys. Just jump off the jump. But we need to um, wrap up here. We are probably already running a little bit long. I um, We will have one more, at least one more episode um, of Talking Tacos. Although the next one won't come, I think, until probably after the restaurant has opened and we'll see if we can find some time for both of you to jump on a podcast again. I know you're going to be really busy, but we can maybe carve something out. Um, before we go, let's do our three questions that we always ask. Um, Corey, I'll start with you today. What's the one thing you'll do better than anyone else in the area? Sell tacos. Excellent. That's a good answer. Matt, how about you? What do you think? Hiring, we've gotten a we we've gotten a lot of great response from our hiring uh, process so far. Excellent. Okay, well that makes me happy to hear. Um, Corey, what makes you nervous about opening Cabo right now? Just the timeline. Still, there's so many. It's getting much more solid, but there's still a ton of unknowns out there. Also, I have no idea where we're going to store all this equipment because that ordering process just went to shit. So. Mm. Matt, how about you? What makes you nervous? Uh, I was going to say the equipment and uh, getting all that stuff in. Okay, well, that's 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 not good. But I guess the the upside is if you're both worried about it, you're you're not going to have any problem solving it. You're you're both pretty good problem solvers from what I've seen so far. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, it's just with the equipment. The the we have somebody a vendor, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, we'll have it to you by the end of December. That's giving us zero room for error if they don't deliver, and we know that it's possible that they won't deliver. Oh, they'll give us a de- or they'll give us a defective unit. Right on. Um, all right. So on this one, Matt, I'll start with you. Why is Cabo going to be a success? Uh, 
this process, I mean, just Corey, Corey's in my communication is really going to be why this is going to be successful. Okay. Corey, why is it going to be a success? I mean, I, I think that we're, we're, it's, it's for the same reason, you know, like they say that the reason that uh, parents who buy baby books are better parents, it's not because they're necessarily reading the books. They just care enough to actually purchase the book. Mm-hmm. And Matt and I care enough to have conversations about culture or hiring or whatever. And we're not just, you know, we're not being too cocky about it. A little cocky. Conversations about every single little detail. Excellent. All right. Well, we will put all of the information about Cabo in the show notes so everyone can um, find you and those in the local area can make a stop once it's opened. Check out the Instagram. And before we jump into the outro, Matt and Corey, is there anything that I can do for either of you? Uh, currently yep I think we're all set it's awesome I was gonna say just like shaking or nodding your heads does not work well on a podcast so use your words guys (laughs) all right all right Uh, thank you Matt for coming on the show thank you Julie for hosting the show and thank you Corey for doing both Um, and everything that you need to know about us is gonna be in the show notes and thanks to our listeners too yeah if you wanna work with us SB Pace you can Connect with us on social media. We're on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Or you can just reach out to us on sbpace.com. Don't forget to download and rate our podcast. Subscribe and give us a review and reach out to us about any topics that you might want us to cover. Or if you want to be a guest on the show. Yeah. And if you want to be a guest on the show or you're an admin for somebody who you think should be a guest on our show, there is a form on our website. You can fill that out. We love getting the forms because it gives us every piece of information we need to make an educated decision. We wrote a book. It's called Seriously. Now what? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is all about building a solid foundation for your business. Much of the things that we have talked about with Matt and Corey regarding opening Cabo. It has a digital workbook. It was, is, can be. It's a number one bestseller on Amazon. And if you already have the book, go read and review it because we love feedback. That's it for today. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, talking tacos across America.